Hi friends, Kayla here. Just wanted to pop in up top to issue a trigger warning for this episode. We do discuss sexual assault and abuse. So if that's not something you want to hear, maybe sit this one out. Okay, enjoy the up. And welcome to Screen Vomit, the only movie podcast with the world-famous slogan, when you're here, you're normal. I'm, of course, your host, Kayla, and here with me is my pal, Kali J. Ahoy, hoy. <laughs> and we are back for what the MPAA has already called our first X-rated episode. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they sent it, they emailed us last night and said X-rated. Yeah, they're calling it. No one. Yeah, they're pissed at us about it. <laughs> and we're pissed too. Uh, and by we, I mean me, because Kali did not warn me about how X-rated our film this week is. <laughs> that is not my duty. <laughs> You're right, but I still hold you accountable for that. Um, <laughs> and the movie we picked is the 2010 film Black Swan. This movie was massive, and it came out in a time when a couple other movies came out, and I remember feeling I was experiencing some of the greatest cinema ever released. Oh, yeah? <laughs> uh, yeah, it came out alongside The Fighter with Christian Bale and Mark Wahlberg. Okay, I don't know that one. It's good. It came out alongside The King's Speech. I don't know that one either. <laughs> also very good. It was, it, they were all like Oscar movies. Mm -hmm. uh, but I was like a high schooler when it came out. And I bought super hard into like Oscars being, meaning something. Yeah. And I remember like this, The Fighter and The King's Speech, all really taking like a huge formative seat in my like is cinematic. Is this a formative film for Kali? These, this is, I would group this as a formative film. Whoa. Like a, a deeper cut formative film, but formative nonetheless. Uh, formative in alliance with other movies where I started like really watching some... Where you got into cinema. Yeah, yeah. I'd say I got into cinema. I, I cared about like character development and costuming and acting and uh, cinematography it all started to actually kind of matter to me yeah i remember just fucking everyone gushing about this when it came out yeah i remember it being like really hyped up too and i uh spoiler alert have never seen this movie until right now that was insane to me because <laughs> uh, when you said like oh we're doing black swan i'm like uh, this is like your favorite like your favorite movie ever because everyone's fucking seen it and plus it's pretty up your alley you think so <laughs> i think pretty it's not a like in some ways in some way it's like okay first and foremost the ultimate like oh that's a kayla movie drop dead fred without a doubt yeah that's the movie that comes to mind <laughs> that movie truly formed my personality i think <laughs> i'm like okay drop dead fred that's the kayla movie and you, you branch out from there <laughs> drop dead fred then 13 then I don't know if I would say this movie, but in your opinion, this movie. 
Yeah. And that encapsulates encapsulates my entire personality. Pretty More much. Or less. More or less. I mean There's gotta be a music movie in there somewhere. Oh, maybe SLC yeah. Punk gets in there somewhere. Ooh. Uh Damn. sure, yeah. But um I don't it, it's just one of those movies that's like always been on my list and yeah. never quite got around to, always wanted to see. So yeah, it's about to expire from our ten year limit. Because it mm-hmm. is a 2010, so I was like, boom, Kali, we got to get this in before the year's over. So, <laughs> Yeah, and I, I'm very down. I love watching this movie. I always forget how much I like it. Yeah. Because this is probably my third time seeing it. Really? Yeah, and it's just great. Just rules. All right, well, let's go through everything before we yeah. get too deep. Do you want to do the cast or me? I'll take care of the cast. All right, so for the director, we have uh, Darren Aronofsky, who did Requiem for a Dream, The Wrestler, Pie. Lead role, we have Natalie Portman from V for Vendetta and nothing else. And Natalie Portman raps from SNL. (laughs) Oh my God. That was, speaking of formative, that was one of the funniest things I'd ever heard. That was a moment in culture, for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When they started letting Andy Samberg do wilder things on SNL. Yeah. Oh my god, so good. In the second role, we have Mila Kunis uh, from That 70s Show, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. We have Sebastian Stan from Devil All the Time. Of course, Bucky the Winter Soldier from Captain America. And then in a little role, we got uh, Winona Ryder. Woo! Always nice to see Winona's face in a movie. Boy, you know we got to Stan! (laughs) Oh, yes, we are. If you didn't know, we are absolutely a Winona Ryder stand podcast. Yes, absolutely, 100%. <laughs> Winona, one of my first crushes, I would say, and one of the best actors uh, of all time. <laughs> I love her. <laughs> yeah. She's outstanding. She can do no wrong. Yep. That's all for cast, right? Yeah, okay. what we got with uh, cricket scores. We have 85 on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay, okay. 79 on Metacritic, and 88 on Google users. So Okay, so they're just confirming All around it. the same yeah. area, yeah. All right, so let's watch the trailer, and then we'll get going. I had the craziest dream last night about a girl who was turned into a swan, but her prince falls for the wrong girl, and she kills herself. He promised to feature me more this season. Well, he should. You've been there long enough, and you're the most dedicated dancer in the company. Our new swan queen, the exquisite Nina Sayers. I'm Lily. You're gonna be amazing. Watch the way she moves. Sensual. She's not faking it. Seduces! Attack it! Attack it! Come on! Where'd you get these? It's nothing. You sweet girl. Feel my touch. Respond to it. So was hot for teacher. I don't want to talk about that. We really need to relax. It's the role, isn't it? It's all this pressure. I knew it'd be too much. I knew it. What's she doing here? He made me your alternate. The only person standing in your way is you. How do you know where I live? I have my ways. She's after me. Nobody's after you. Please believe me. What happened to my sweet girl? She's gone! 
going crazy never looked so hot. Am I right? Hell yeah, baby. Uh, <laughs> I told Kali when I was watching this movie, probably the horniest movie I've ever seen. <laughs> it's <laughs> the nastiest pervert movie I've ever seen that wasn't straight up a porno. <laughs> yeah, it's really, really. I'm thinking back to it now because I didn't write down much about sex. And mm-hmm. I'm like, there's only like one sex scene. Uh, no, all her training mm-hmm. or like uh, rehearsals, sexual. Yeah, there is technically only one, maybe two sex scenes, but um, there's a lot of horny pervert stuff in this movie. And yeah. I found a um, <laughs> parental content reviewer <laughs> oh, review. Yes. From this man, Alex Dalton. Title Too Much for Young and Probably Adults Too. <laughs> <laughs> This is the review. Very uncomfortable movie to watch. I wish I never saw it. Sexual content is nothing children under 17 should see. The movie makes you feel disgusting when it's done and made me hate ballet afterwards. (laughs) 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 It's incredible. That headline, though, was so good. Oh, my God. (laughs) I was like, yes. (laughs) We need to do that way more. I love that they always have watched the whole movies and then they're disgusted by it. (laughs) (laughs) They do. They watch the whole thing. So funny. Oh my god, so good. Alright, so this is a movie about ballet, sort of. Um, The director, Darren Darren Aronofsky. Wow, what a thing to say out loud. It's a name. Darren Aronofsky. Yeah, Darren Aronofsky considered (laughs) this movie a companion piece to his 2008 film, The Wrestler. He said, like, because some people consider wrestling like the lowest form of art if they would even call it art and people consider ballet the highest form of art but what was amazing to him is how similar the performers in both of those worlds are because they both require so much from your body to express yourself so i read that too have you seen the wrestler i have but it's been so long i barely remember what happens uh, I just watched it this year, yeah. and uh, it's great. I used to be a big Mickey Rourke fan. He's in that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's outstanding in it. Yeah. Uh, both of these movies have, like, tour de force performances by their leads. Yeah. Uh, Mickey Rourke in that, and, and Natalie Portman in this is just, like, this is Natalie Portman's finest role of all time, I think. Like, I cannot believe how well she performs this role. Yeah, it's probably one of the most, like, written for her I feel like totally yeah you couldn't have anyone else anyone else play this role because her body and her face mm-hmm. are perfect for these lines this this character mm-hmm. and she just knocks it out of the goddamn park yeah her and Mila Kunis both lost weight for their roles in this movie to try and have more of dancers bodies Natalie spent a year training before filming as a dancer Damn. and just doing like physical training trying to get her body into dancers shape even before they for sure knew this movie was going to be a go, before they had funding, she was that committed to being this character, which is really cool. It, you can definitely see it. Like, an aspect of this movie I find so interesting, but so disturbing, and uh, I'll, I'll call it disgusting, are the dancers' bodies. Mm-hmm. It's like seeing a bodybuilders where they're just like, too defined and you can see too much of the body yeah and you're like this is un- this is unnerving you know i it pushed me to this fucking point where i'm what you're watching all this ballet in the movie and i'm just like 
I think this is harmful. <laughs> like, I yeah. think ballet in general is a harmful... Bad for your body. <laughs> ...art. Like, as so is wrestling. It's not good for you to get, like, dropped right. on your head a bunch. Yeah, very similar. And, like, being on your toes, like, being on point and stuff like that um, is really hard on your body. Dancers have to pay such close attention to their weight, especially ballerinas. Totally. And it's the same with gymnasts, too. Like, the what you eat and how your body looks is probably unhealthily important. <laughs> it's so crazy to me. Mm-hmm. A, a main theme of this movie is, like, obsessive dedication to something. Yeah. Just like this, I have nothing else. I am... 10,000% on this and I'm going to do whatever it takes. I will bleed for this. Yeah. It's really fucking jarring uh, but I appreciate the obsession being shown in so many ways even to the physical aspect. It is showing Natalie Portman views her body as an extension of ballet and it is only valuable to her to the extent that her physical form can perform ballet. Yeah. Um, it is just complete dedication to ballet and nothing else. Yeah. And yeah, wrestling and ballet and probably, you know, some other art forms like your body is the tool. Like if your body fails you, your career is over. There's not that That's many it. jobs where like that is true. And it's wild. It really is. It's just you you do feel empathy for these characters. You don't see immediately Natalie Portman as like a psychopath or like a right. like, oh, you're just a ballet nut. You're like, oh, she's going for it. Like, yeah. oh, and you, you root for her when she's going through the, uh, these auditions. But then you slowly start to turn against her when you see the dedication turn into obsession. Yeah, and you can also, I think even from the very beginning, see the level of obsession that she has over this, over ballet yeah. and what she's doing. Like, it just turns into psychosis later on. <laughs> One of my, like, first notes was just, uh, it must be crazy to be that tiny. Yeah. It must be wild. I mean, because me and Kali are both, like, <laughs> big, buff, and muscular yep. and have huge guns. We take up a lot yeah. of space in the world. And I clocked in at 300 pounds of straight muscle today. Yeah, and, like, Natalie Portman is 5'3", and I think her and Mila both got under 100 pounds for this role. 100% they did, yeah. I think it was saying, like, I can't remember which one I was reading about. They weighed, like, 117 and lost 20 pounds for the role. I have like I haven't been ninety seven pounds since first grade, okay, and that's yeah. actually not a lie. <laughs> <laughs> it's wild. Natalie yeah. Portman also had to uh, work on her voice for this role. Oh, me and Natalie Portman unfortunately have the same disease where we sound like tiny babies uh, all the time. <laughs> Um, I have often been called by strangers and been asked the question, is your mom home? Um, well. <laughs> and I'm in my 30s. So uh, well, okay. <laughs> pros and cons, I guess. I don't hate it, but, uh, you know, it has its own effects. But Natalie Portman has gone through a ton of vocal coaching to modify her voice to be lower because she's gotten yeah. so she's gotten railed by other directors she's worked with and criticized by them for having like kind of a childish voice so she spent a lot of time kind of working on that but then this director really wanted that childlike quality from her um so she mm -hmm. had to kind of regress through her training and go back to making her voice be tiny baby voice she said that that was one of the hardest parts 
about doing this movie, actually, besides hmm. just like the actual physical training, like regressing on years of work she's put in <laughs> yeah. to make her voice deeper, uh, going back to being baby voice. So wow, that's kind of intense. That's super intense. Yeah, uh, and she does have big baby voice in this. <laughs> she does. Like I didn't even realize it until you just brought up her voice, and now I'm like thinking about it, and it's just yeah, she talks ex. It sounds like she she's talking extra baby for it because mm-hmm. she is. She's almost annoyingly soft spoken in this movie <laughs> at times. Totally. Too. <laughs> sometimes you just like scream please scream (laughs) yeah anyway so that's crazy um should we get into the actual story (laughs) let's get moving through it yeah all right so we start with a hot competition for these ballerinas who's going to be the swan queen in swan lake the person who wins the role has to play both the black swan, who's like the dirty, nasty, horny swan, and the white swan, who's the angelic, uh, pure virgin swan. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Either a swan that fucks or a swan that ain't. Yeah. But you have to be both for the role. Natalie Portman is obviously our main character. She's been promised to be Mm -hmm. featured in the upcoming season, but she is only good at being the white swan because she is not nasty. So <laughs> she's too pure. So that's kind of where too we start. Pure. It's this hot competition. Yeah. Um, they are kicking out basically an older, quote, older ballerina who's like 28, I think, or something, they say. There is like a conversation between some of these ballerinas kind of roasting the older ballerina, which I just thought was kind of funny after our last movie where we also had people having a conversation about like, oh, this person's like practically dead. They're 22 or something. Yeah. <laughs> The ether is sending us a message, and it's never grow old. Yeah, it's that me and you are practically dead. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know about me. I'm, I'm a spring chicken at 27. Hey, she's only 28 when they're kicking her out of ballet, so... <laughs> My ballet career has a year left. <laughs> I'm already in the grave. <laughs> I think about that shit all the time, about how, like, for my whole life, I've thought, like, since I was, like, 18, I was like... My gymnast career is never going to go anywhere. I'm much too old to become a gymnast now. Yeah. (laughs) Or like watching like America's Next Top Model growing up. They're like, oh, you're 23. Ooh, you're almost practically out of the league. (laughs) I know. And once I started watching shitty like competition reality shows with Lindsay, then I was really noticing. I was like, Mm -hmm. I'm 25 and some of the girls in The Bachelorette are 23 or or the guys in the bachelorette or 23 mm-hmm. what am i what am i doing did i miss my chance did i miss the ship <laughs> it's also once you get older and you get perspective on like where you're totally. at in life when you're that age oh my god when i think about how there are basketball stars in the nba right now who are probably like 19 or 20 and then to think about what your brain was like when you were 18 or 19 and just how stupid you were uh. <laughs> Yeah. I feel especially bad for the models because they get so much totally of a certain type of messaging about their bodies and stuff like that. And being so young, I'm like, oh, please grow up to be normal. Right? <laughs> it is that same kind of messaging in the movie. Young and small. Younger and mm-hmm. smaller, the better. Like Younger, smaller, and hornier. <laughs> which is fucked up. Like, oh my God, I have patriarchy yeah. written in huge letters in my notes because of how yeah. much of like the male gaze and patriarchy plays Absolutely. In this movie. 
that's it right there. The the casting company, all men, and they're just like, bring us infantile women mm-hmm. to dance. Bring us hot, young, tiny women. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the older, quote, older ballerina that they're replacing mm-hmm. is Winona. <gasps> and I didn't, TBH, I didn't even know she was in this movie. So I was so excited <laughs> <laughs> that she was in this movie. I was not expecting. I did a gasp and a scream. Always good to see her. She's only in here a little bit, yeah. unfortunately, but she's still cool. The first time we see her, she's throwing a hissy fit, like storming out of her dressing room. I love to see it. When Natalie goes and steals her lipstick. <laughs> and eventually it turns out that Natalie has stolen a lot of things from her. Yeah. Um. Why? I don't know. She's a klepto. <laughs> I mean, she says it because uh, she confronts Winona mm-hmm. later. And Winona's like, why'd you steal that from me? And Natalie says, I just wanted to be perfect like you. Oh, yeah. Uh, which gets mm. into the danger of idolizing others. Yeah. Uh, and, or trying to achieve perfection. Achieve perfection. There is yeah. nothing fucking perfect. Give up. Mm-hmm. Right. Everyone's fucked up. <laughs> Absolutely. It, it is. There's rel- one thing you can be sure of about any other person. It's that they're fucked up. <laughs> oh, yeah. I take good solace in that. For sure. They're having this audition for the Swan King, Swan Queen, Swan King, <laughs> Swan down King, the hall. <laughs> and Mila Kunis barges in on Natalie's audition. Yeah, destroys her concentration and fucks up her audition. Yeah, as would happen to any of us. If Mila Kunis walked into a room where you were performing, you're you're gonna fall a little bit. <laughs> if I even got a glimpse of Mila Kunis <gasps> IRL. <laughs> boing, boing. <laughs> Falling down a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, And Mila's like the foil here. She is the new girl in school. She's Mm -hmm. hot and she's horny. So she's already beat Natalie Portman on a couple (laughs) levels. (laughs) So Natalie is so threatened by her character. Well, we do meet her mother before we find out whether or not she's gotten the role. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, we see the flip phone. Okay, love to see a Loved flip phone. <laughs> this is like the last year of flip phones. <laughs> Favorite part about older movies is checking out the phones because, folks, don't put a phone in your movie. These days, you got to know. <laughs> These phones rock. Technology is because... changing practically every four months. Yeah. Um, don't put a phone in. Don't put a computer in. Yeah, just don't put it in. It's aging. <laughs> but I love this phone because when she opens the phone first off she clearly had it set to the the setting where it doesn't just answer when you open it you have to click yes. a button too mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is for psychopaths um <laughs> because it says it on the outside but her, the screen was just orange with mom in big block letters on it and we know that's how phones work <laughs> that's how they worked it was just like Color letters. No other, nothing else going on. Beautiful. Mm, chef's kiss. And the ringtone is uh, the theme of the Black Swan uh, music. <gasps> for, so, schna- for shadowing. That's cool. Yeah. So she has a legally insane mother, I think. Yep. <laughs> her mom is so overbearing, obsessive. When we pass by her mom's bedroom, she has a bunch of paintings of Natalie in her room can't be overstated like how obsessive and controlling she is yeah she 
is scoping out Natalie's naked body every night, practically. Who knows what else? It's just total, like, I mean, you see this shit today of parents living vicariously through their children, uh, oftentimes through, like, sports or art. I went to school with kids who were, like, their dads were going to be, like, he's going to be a baseball prodigy. And it's like, no, he's not. Just let him go to school and be normal. And, like, it is interesting to see... I mean, you don't even get to see it, but, like, to imagine, because you guess that the mom has been this way her whole life. Well, how have those traumas imprinted on Nina? You know, does she talk talk quietly because her mom always spoke for her? Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's just, like, very blatant that, like, we got a helicopter mom. Absolutely. Yeah, it doesn't really seem like Natalie's ever able to speak up for herself. Even, like, there's one scene where her mom bought her a cake, and she's like, well, I don't really want any cake. And her mom, like completely explodes like goes to throw away the cake is like having a meltdown yeah so yeah growing up in that kind of environment you don't really feel like you can speak up about anything or express yourself or your feelings because it's going to like hurt your fucking crazy ass narcissistic Mm -hmm. mother yeah it's such a a smart addition to the plot it just makes nina's whole character make so much more sense that yeah. she's got this crazy mom on her ass. For sure. And then what we also find out is that her mom's ballet career was ended when she got pregnant with Natalie Portman's character. Oh my uh, God. Then she, so she's like super living vicariously through her daughter. Just let your kids do whatever they want. Leave them the fuck alone. I mean, honestly. Oh please. my God. And we get our first toenail scene Hachi. here. Nails in this movie are bad. Oh, it is, I'll tell you, I had to spend probably like, by the end, probably half of this movie with my eyes closed because of all of the fingernail slash toenail horror Mm -hmm. and all of the nasty pervert stuff. Um, (laughs) It's a lot in there. Between the two of those, I maybe watched 30 minutes of this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Hey folks, every fucking scene in this movie is upsetting. It is. And there is so much fingernail and toenail stuff. Yeah. I can't. It really is. So much of it. It comes up like so many times in this movie. Oh my God. It's too much. I fucking hate it. (laughs) Oh, gives me the willies. I'm closing my eyes every time a nail came in sight. So yeah, she cracked her toenail and it's gross. Uh, I don't know what happened to it because I closed my eyes. Oh, she was doing a pirouette. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, and, And that requires you to... What, what is it called? Go up? Be on point. On point. The E-N point. <laughs> you probably know it better than I do. Can you explain like how a ballet shoe is? There is like a hard point to it, a hard flat point. So when you go in your shoes, you have to be literally on the tops of your toes. And honestly, I don't know how they do it. It seems insane to me. In in the shoe, there is like, you, your toes like go onto a like fucking wood they put in the tip of your shoe so mm-hmm. that you could go up on it or go on point and so like my, how i see those scenes when she's doing like a twirl on her toes is toes pressing into wood pressing into the ground yeah to twirl on which is gnarly shit it is gnarly and that's the grossest part about being a ballerina it should be illegal Yes, I, I, fine, okay, let's fucking call it out, fuck it, fuck this shit, ballet is goddamn illegal, hell yeah, (laughs) fuck ballet. If you see ballet, fucking call the cops, okay, it should be illegal. (laughs) Yeah, this shit is 
And I hear, yeah, I hear someone yelling, well, shouldn't they cancel wrestling? No. Here's the difference. Uh, sorry, folks. Ballet, not that good. It's impressive. It really is impressive. But compare- And you could do dancing not standing on your toenails. Yeah. You don't have to violently hurt yourself. <laughs> In wrestling, there's a spectacle and story, and it's so much. They deserve to get hurt. But, <laughs> yes, ballet is illegal. We call it. Ballet is illegal. At least the standing on your toes part of it. Dancing yeah. is cool. Yeah, you can leap around. Yeah, leap around all day. You don't have to be on your toenails. At least give them, like, the first knuckles kind of situation, you know? Yeah. You don't have to be, like, on your toenails. Why? And it's always crazy because, like, ballet instructors are always portrayed as, like, tyrannical. Yeah. Fucking, do you remember John Wick 3? Yes. When he visits... Oh, yeah. uh, Angelica Houston and they walk through, like, the ballerina and it's just girls, like, one girl pulls her toenail off in it. Yes. That happens all the time in ballet movies. Oh, my God. I don't know how often it happens in real life, but... Seems like fairly common to have toenail injuries. The more we look at ballet, the more illegal it is. I mean, am I right? (laughs) RT if you agree. (laughs) Oh my god. Yeah, that's my feeling towards ballet in general. I guess a big reveal. My first, when I was a tiny kid, my first Uh uh, career that I wanted was to be a ballet dancer. Okay. I was obsessed. And I did take ballet lessons for like a year. Oh, shit. Maybe second or third grade. How were your toes? (laughs) I never got on my toes. Okay. Um, I don't think I ever even had a like performance. I'm not really sure. Very cool. Well, I think there was a performance and I wasn't allowed to be in it um, because I was too fat. Thank you. (laughs) Yay! So (laughs) mostly all I remember doing is like having the lessons, like being in class doing stretches or learning plies and that's basically it. I I don't remember too much else. So yeah, anyway, I was obsessed with ballerinas when I was a tiny kid. Um, Obviously grew out of that, but yeah, big reveal. (laughs) Very cool. And now I think it should be illegal, and I do everything I can to stop it. Yes, uh, you will see both of us standing outside of our respective courthouses mm-hmm. uh, all week long with a big sign. Yeah. Each of us has our own sign, and it just says, ballet is illegal. <laughs> this is going to be our Halloween costumes for next year. <laughs> ballet boycotters. <laughs> we are the ballet boycotters! <laughs> Join our cause. Um, okay, so <laughs> off the rails. Oh, man. So she goes to ask the director to reconsider her for the role, even though no consideration has been made one way or the other. And this director. Oh, let's get into him real quick. His character is apparently based on George Belanchine, who co-founded the New York City Ballet who was notoriously a control freak who used sexuality to direct his dancers, which is atrocious. Yeah, so redefine that. What he was was a paid abuser of women. Ding, ding, ding. Well, and, and <laughs> just paid, not just women, I'm sure, uh, of just people. Probably mainly women, let's say. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's men in ballet, there ain't that many. Yeah. It's mainly a, a girl's sport. Totally but just paid to abuse these people and they have to worship him. Yeah. Oh my God. He's on my fucking list. You know what? He's on. He's on the list. He's on my list. My bleep list. Even if he's already dead. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, I mean, for the time that he was 
popular. Like, I don't know where he's at now. I haven't, you know, yeah, followed yeah. this man's career or anything. But we certainly know that the way men treat women has at least been called to, or let's say considered in a different way these days. You yes. Know, yeah. Than it once was. So whereas a man would have previously been considered, oh, you know, that's just how he is. He's an artist uh, and he likes to be sexual. Nowadays, we know he's a nasty, horny, pervert abuser. Yeah. he He's just horny and he's pretending that he knows what the fuck art is. And by yeah. the way, art, not an excuse to sexually harass anyone. No. This actor who I've never, I don't know what else he's in. We didn't say his name. Okay. Vincent Castle. He is a sleazebag through and through. He's just Absolutely. fucking sick. And because Natalie like is predisposed to be in a powerless position, yep. I don't I don't know how to like better word that, but like she's predisposed to not speak up when she's feeling bad or feeling harmed or being abused because of her mother. Mm-hmm. She's already predisposed to that power dynamic. Then you factor in that the power dynamic is about her future literally her ability to perform the art that she supposedly loves that is going to assumedly to pay for the rest of her life her career so she has to appease this guy at all Mm -hmm. costs while he is blatantly abusing her the brain cannot handle all of that cognitive dissonance nina on a uh, truer deeper level knew that what was going on was fucked up but Mm -hmm. don't you want to be successful This man holds the power over your life and you have to do whatever it takes to please him and get on his good side so that he will give you what you want. It's fucked. It's super fucked. fucked. And then, oh my God, the physical layer of it, the physical layer that this director gets to call shots on her body, physically, Mm -hmm. how she's going to look, move, everything. She Mm -hmm. has to become completely subservient to him yeah oh my god with no safe word with no out and not only that but throughout the movie other girls like roast her for that (laughs) yeah or like oh yeah i guess you're fucking the director (laughs) you know we don't take you seriously and she's kind of like ostracized from the other girls and it's not her fault what's happening with him you know no it's terrible it's really terrible it really is also goes back into stuff we were talking about before recording with like internalized misogyny and stuff like that yeah too mm-hmm. oh my god um so she's asking this man to reconsider casting her his opinion is that she's too much of a perfectionist and doesn't have the emotional aspect that he's looking for the like vulnerability in her dancing mm-hmm. and he kisses her and she bites him which you go girl i guess but uh ugh. It's all uncomfortable. It's real uncomfortable. He's basically saying, you're you're too uptight. You need to be sluttier. Because yeah. ultimately, these two poles that he's asking for are not happy and sad. They're not uh, content and angry. They are virginal and sexual. Absolutely. In, in the performance of the, of the black and white swan. And so he's basically saying, like, you're hot. I want to fuck you. But I, you have to make me believe that you want to fuck me make me horny yes he I you mean, won't like, get the fu- part unless you make me horny he fucking says seduce me with this role like it's blatant yeah and it's nasty it's really and fucked up yeah yeah you kind of just watch her get sexually harassed 
for most of the movie. Should yeah. we have trigger warning to this? I don't know. This uh, whole movie is a trigger warning. Yeah, this, yeah, this movie is a trigger warning for sure. It's nasty pervert stuff. It really is. He's just... And the actor's so good at it. What is his name? Vincent Castle. Well done. I want to kick your ass. You're like, I fucking hate you. Hell yeah. So Natalie ends up getting cast, but she's still... I don't know. She's always, like, observing the other girls in such a way that she's, like, jealous of them somehow, even though she's been cast in the Swan Queen. She's always observing the other girls and waiting for them to be rude. Yeah, I mean, there are layers of why she's doing that on, you know, on one aspect, like, or she hates rehearsal. Like, she probably hates working with this director and Mm -hmm. hates feeling the way she feels in competition against others so that she probably envies these other girls who she probably projects upon that are unlike her because they have friends and they they hang out um and Mm -hmm. she's you know she's too dedicated to the art to so it's like a combination of her being too dedicated and not having a life outside of what she's doing Exactly. And also doubly being ostracized by the other girls because they all think she's sleeping with the boss. Yeah. Just like on every single layer you can conceive of, physically, spiritually, psychologically, mentally, and emotionally, everything, she's fucked up. And she is receiving more and more trauma in that, in all of those aspects of her life as the movie goes on. Yeah. So she starts getting a lot of physical injuries (laughs) yep so she's already had the toenail thing she has a back scratching thing that's going on kind of a rash Um, yeah she has a rash her mom kind of alludes to that she has like dermatillomania where she like picks at her skin or scratches her skin a lot there is also a scene where she goes in the bathroom and like her fingernails bleeding now Uh, more fingernail horror. <laughs> that, this was the one that fucked me up. Uh, this made me look away. I also looked away, so unfortunately, neither of us know what well, happened. I know what happened, but <laughs> sorry, I looked away mid. Um, it is uh, the most uncomfortable thing. Pull the hangnail too much, is all I'll say. Ew. Yeah. So yeah, more fingernail horror. Ugh, why are they gotta be so nasty? It's just, <laughs> I, it's good though. It's, it doesn't come off contrived or trite. It's just like, this is grossing me out and I'm really disturbed, but you're really compelled by it too. I don't know. I kind of see it as like the equivalent of like a jump scare. Like it's oh, cheap you do? horror. There's, yeah. Okay. In, in most cheap horror movies, there's at least one fingernail horror scene too. Somebody scratching the wall and like their fingernail comes off or something. Like Yeah, that's true. Because it's gross and nobody can watch it. It's cringe. You think fingernail <laughs> horror is cringe? <laughs> It's cringe and this director's canceled. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, my Darinera, God. you're canceled. Yeah, no more pizza for us. Nope. Um, so they're at this event where she's being revealed as the swan queen. I want to say king every time. <laughs> she's being revealed as the swan queen. And Winona stomps out of the room. Mm-hmm. And she goes to the restroom. That's where she finds her fingernails bleeding. And Mila is banging on the bathroom door, saying she's like about to burst with pee. Mm-hmm. But when she finally comes in the bathroom, she's chilling. She's sitting it's on the chill sink. town, baby. She's like, "Hey, why don't we hang out?" Takes off her underwear and puts it in her purse right in front of Natalie. We have all been there. <laughs> 
like, yeah, let's just hang out in the bathroom. Girls chat. All right. I'm chill. Taking off my undies. Hold Has my that, purse, please. Have you ever seen that? <laughs> that someone just like, you've gone to the bathroom and uh, you've seen just someone take their underwear off? I don't think so. Not that I can recall. And especially not without like some discussion happening. (laughs) (laughs) She just like walks in and takes her underwear off and puts it in a purse that she makes Natalie hold, you know, that seems to have nothing else in it. Is that just her underwear purse? That's why she brought it. (laughs) It's definitely strange. And then she's like, no, hang out with me. And it's like, okay, I thought you were about to burst. Uh, I don't understand. Yeah. strange scene but just more proof that mila's horny yeah and natalie's not that is all her character is after this event natalie ends up going to the director's house okay bad idea bad idea he is nasty and asking her nasty pervert questions and saying like oh i we need to have open communication if you're gonna have this part like i need to know if you like having sex yeah Okay, these are nasty, pervert, this gross is, questions. This is like the same thing that fucking uh, Robert Pattinson did in Devil All the Time. Yeah, similar. Yeah. Just like, I have to know that you're dedicated to the Lord, so take your clothes off. Yeah. Big same energy. Don't go anywhere alone with a man if you're a young woman. Yeah, for sure. Bottom line. That's a really good bottom line. Yeah. No victim blaming here, but... Just steer you clear know of men us. are nasty perverts. Yeah. Steer clear of them. <laughs> yeah. Never go anywhere alone. I tell you what, men, we do not, we should not be able to decide when things happen. We should not have the power. We're better, we're better off being told what to do. That's how I work best. Yeah, but unfortunately, um, every person in power <laughs> is a man, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll have a chat with him at the next uh, men conference. Okay. <laughs> the next International Men's Day. Oh, yeah, I've missed it already. I gotta wait a year. Yeah, okay, so we'll get there eventually. (laughs) Um, So he gives her homework, which is go home and touch yourself. Is there a grosser sentence? Oh my god, that's not... That's If we're calling it what it is, it's not homework. It's he abuses her and sexually harasses her by telling her to go touch herself. Yeah, and also, don't call it touch yourself. I don't know. That's just... That phrasing seems really gross to me. <laughs> it, just everything that came out of his mouth was gross, though. Because, like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think touch yourself is... Like, I don't know. I say I say the big ol' M word when I'm talking about it. I'm talking Frank. Yeah. M word or jack off. Okay, don't say touch yourself. Or, or just a crank your phrase. hog. <laughs> yeah, crank your hog all day. <laughs> Anything but touch yourself. <laughs> I just hate it. (laughs) Sure. Okay. All right. So she does go home and uh, her mom's undressing her, sees the scratches and starts angrily cutting her fingernails with scissors. I'm cringing just thinking about it. Yeah. I have to hold my fingers in. (laughs) First of all, why do they cut her nails with scissors? What the fuck? Nail clippers. What is wrong with you? Whenever someone's using scissors or like nail scissors in a movie I'm just or or TV I'm just like why don't you have normal fucking nail clippers honestly they're 50 cents at the fucking store you don't even have to pay for them you can just take them (laughs) my fingers have fully um, curled back inside my body I have no longer have fingernails 
uh, during this discussion. <laughs> I did find myself. I'm so grossed I, out. When I was watching this, I did find myself having my hands in my pocket a lot, which is not mm-hmm. a terribly comfortable position when you're sitting. It's too nasty. Didn't want to see my hands around. And she's doing it so angrily, like you just know something gross is going to happen. It's you right know? there. Yeah. I also closed my eyes for that one, so I don't know if anything gross did happen. <laughs> uh, I can't even rem- remember. Then Natalie wakes up and starts honking off. Okay, honking off also better than, quote, touching yourself. <laughs> I want to puke even just having that phrase in my mouth. <laughs> so she wakes up and starts honking off and realizes that her mom is in the chair next to her. Okay, horrifying. <laughs> First of all, I got to say, do men know what women honking off looks like? Because <laughs> we've, we've not a clue. I assumed you y'all like, I don't know, like humped a pillow. I guess I don't want to speak for every person uh, with a vagina uh, or who is a woman, but I have to say, I don't think that I've ever seen it portrayed in a normal way that I would consider realistic (laughs) in a movie, (laughs) and least of all in this movie. (laughs) So yeah, anyway, looks up and her mom's there. So she doesn't get to go to completion, let's say. Womp womp. Just gets a couple humps on the pillow. (laughs) You know... It's also been said on this podcast, female masturbation does not get talked about enough. No. Even two people of the participating party often don't know what's all going on around there for mm-hmm. way too long. Talk about honking off more and do it right. Just talk about it normally. <laughs> nobody's humping a pillow. <laughs> <laughs> Just me. The pillow the fuck out of here. Also, nobody's doing big old sex moans like that. Tossing their hair around and helping The way she did it in the movie was wild. At the start, she's like, I'm like, you're going to hurt your neck. She's like on her (laughs) knees and like her her pelvis is in the air. Doing like 80s hair metal music video. Yeah. And her her head's like on the mattress and it's her neck's jacked up. Like, that's not good for you. No. Just do it like everyone else on their back. It's normal. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> Don't need to try different positions and honking off. Okay? No, you just <laughs> one need no. the one. <laughs> yeah, anyway, we can move away from honking off. 30-minute uh, discussion on a two-second honking off scene. <laughs> um, oh, so man. when Natalie shows up to practice the next day, she finds out that Winona had walked into the street and got hit by a car, maybe intentionally. So she goes to visit her in the hospital and she has broken legs with all kinds of stuff going on, pins and needles and what have you. Um, So no more dancing for Winona, uh, who was supposed to finish out the season first, but that's not going to happen now. Yeah. Maybe chose to end her career short versus have somebody else end her career for her. Totally. It's weird to say this, but like you can glean so much about the ballet industry from the way this movie portrays it. The fact that she would walk into traffic willingly, whether like intoxicated or not, makes sense. Like it adds up that she would try to walk into the street because her career is gone. And in this industry that we've seen so far it's all there is you you yeah. either have have your career or you don't for sure that even leads into just a basic like uh i think it's very unique to capitalism that you link your job to your life is what you do or who you are and that is the identity of the self it's so like of course she'd walk into traffic because she's gone her her concept of self is effectively dead because she's mm-hmm. lost who she has 
assumedly dedicated her entire life to be. Yeah. Um. Next, Natalie goes to physical therapy. She has one session with a physical therapist. So this is crazy. There's some uh, some tea on this scene. Oh. So the budget on this film was so tight that mm-hmm. Natalie got injured a few times on set. She had a rib dislocated during a lift. Oh, yeah. And was told the production could not afford a medic. So... She said that if they needed to cut items from the budget, they could take away her trailer to hire a medic, which they did. And she also had to receive physical therapy during filming. And one of her sessions was incorporated into the movie. And that's this, what you see in the I movie. remember the scene now where the, the woman is like readjusting her rib. Yeah. And it looks really gross. It looks like their hands are like straight up inside her rib cage, which is yeah, it's really... fucked up looking. Yeah. It's like obviously chiropractor like physical therapy stuff is always gonna look crazy but like this was real for me yeah and what you're seeing is an actual physical therapy appointment with an actual physical therapist Damn. the director told her to stay in character during the appointment yeah so that's just an actual physical therapy appointment which is so crazy <laughs> they only had a 13 million dollar budget on this film which I know. is so small for being like an oscar movie it just seems really wild yeah at this point, Darren Era was like already a well-established <laughs> director. He'd had, I mean, fuck, the, the wrestler won a bunch of fucking awards. Yeah, for whatever reason, they just had a really hard time getting this movie made. Mm-hmm. The script was written like 10 years before this, and they had tried for a few years to like get funding for it, and they just couldn't. I don't know why, huh. what the deal was there. It took forever to just get anything together for this. Who wants to see so. a movie about ballet? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so yeah, Natalie got injured a bunch of times during this movie. After the rib thing, they lifted her from her armpits rather than her sides to avoid repeating the injury to her ribs. Um, and it took her six weeks to fully recover. So uh, poor Natalie. And you know what? She did 80% of her own dancing in this movie too. She killed which it. Which is crazy. And just all the saying, stuff like, that she had to do. Yeah. It, it's weird to simultaneously be like kind of chiding and, and shamefully speaking about Nina's overambition and obsession while simultaneously applauding Natalie Portman's wild I don't know if you could call it obsession because I don't know to what degree her personal life suffered while mm-hmm. filming this. Uh, well, I think she was still young, so like she didn't have kids, she didn't have a husband, or like anything like mm-hmm. a lot of that stuff going on. I read that like she trained, I think, five to seven days a week for like five hours a day, either doing dancing or swimming or sure. other things to like get in the shape for this for a year. That is like I mean, really intense. That's a lot, but then when you consider like that's her job, then mm-hmm. that she's putting in eight hours a day of training, you know, five to seven days a week. That's just that's working a job. And like actors have the, many actors have the privilege of, by nature of like how their careers work. It's like you do a couple months on a movie or a show or whatever, and then you yeah. have t- just time until you book another job. Yeah. So she, at that point, had already done like Star Wars and like, oh, she was, you know, she was other sad. big movies that, yeah, she probably could chill out for a year and kind of just do this to prepare for this totally. role. But it still is like, it's not easy to do to do that, to do no. all that physical work. So it still is like a, a crazy level of dedication. I respect it so much. It rocks. Yeah. And it paid off for her. Like she won a bunch of awards for this movie. Oh, totally. Yeah. And this movie made 
big money. <laughs> I'm looking at <laughs> so it right now. Yeah. It had a tiny budget, but it made big money. And I'm sure she's still coasting on that. So back to practice. I don't remember how we got into this. Part. Oh, uh, we were talking about physical therapy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One day she's crying after practice and like Mila tries to console her or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mila ends up telling the director that she was crying. And so then she gets double roasted by him. Oh, yeah. Because he's already hard on her. And he says that she's weak and doesn't make anyone want to fuck her. And he asks in that scene, the swan prince or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If he would fuck Natalie's character. And he scoffs. And that man ends up becoming IRL Natalie's husband. Ah! (laughs) That's incredible. Benjamin Millipede? I don't know how you say it. It It's Millipede. It must be. No, it's Millipede. Um, oh, Millipede. That's Millipede. Um, yeah. It's just funny because he's like, I would not fuck her. And well, then they he get, just goes get married. Like, <laughs> he just goes like, oh, me? You're asking me this insane fucking question that I'm supposed to answer? But <laughs> truly uncomfortable. Uncomfortable for sure. And then it's almost like Mila betrayed Natalie in a way because yeah. she's kind of made her seem like she can't handle the job we never quite know i don't think how to feel about mila it's like there is some competition there but she seems nice every time that natalie actually talks to her it's like oh i'm just nice oh hey girlfriend you know or just like Mm -hmm. care about you but then we get these like kind of roundabout stabs in the back from her so it's kind of like you can't trust her or like what's going on with her we don't ever really know Mm -mm. then natalie takes a bath and we get the weird she sees a woman in the bath yeah comes up with bloody fingernails again and we have another scene of her cutting her fingernails with scissors Mm. (laughs) angrily Mm. they always are emotional like have i ever felt one feeling while cutting my fingernails the answer is no (laughs) i do it when i'm bored it's like (laughs) yeah you don't even pay attention I'm like bored. I'm like, oh, my nails. I guess I could do it yeah. now, huh? Sure. I've never been pissed off and like having a nervous breakdown and thought I should cut my fingernails uh, yeah. right now. <laughs> with scissors. Yeah. It's absolutely unhinged behavior. Um, yeah, she's <laughs> off the hinges now. Yeah. Uh, the she's last hinge fully, is broken. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or I'd say the second to last hinge because it gets a little more unhinged. Okay, yeah, yeah. you're right. I guess she has got a couple hinges left. So Mila then shows up to her house to apologize for telling the director. Mm-hmm. So they go out for a girls' night. Okay. We love it. <laughs> they go out to eat. Mila again brought her underwear purse. It brought her underwear purse, and then this does a constant. <laughs> this is a fucking constant in every fucking Mila Kunis movie that you know how she's like tiny she knows she's super tiny uh-huh she eats big fat freaking burger and fries and beer yeah <laughs> and fucking every goddamn movie she does that shit is that one of those um trying to fit in with the guys kind of things yeah, i don't know i guess I, that's what we saw in like gone girl yeah <laughs> when she talks about trying to be that the cool girl who can like cool girl have a big burger and have a beer <laughs> With the boys. Are you trying to do the Gone Girl accent? <laughs> trying to do her accent. Is she British or not? I can't remember. I blocked it out. Blocked it She's out. British in real life and her, her character is not British. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, she just has an extra lingerie chilling in her purse. <laughs> yeah. Well, she explained Unhinged. it's in case I, you know, in case I wake up somewhere, I don't have clothes. Like what happened to the clothes you're wearing 
when you got there. I don't know. <laughs> it's like well, crazy. You... <laughs> oh, so the yeah. clothes you brought is not just like a t-shirt. It's a lingerie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> and our second movie where they just do Molly willy-nilly. <laughs> oh, yeah. I just don't know. Do people just have Molly all the time and are like oh my God. going I... out and just doing Molly? This I don't is know. like when it was starting to get huge, I think. Really? I think so. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not in on the molly scene i don't know i don't think about it tweet at us yeah tell us about drugs tell us about mollys uh sure what's the deal with molly what's the deal um no but fila kunis spikes natalie portman's drink like Mm -hmm. i forgot forgot about that nina says like no and that is not cool do not give people drugs without letting them know in any form and that no. includes, I would include weed in that too. Without a because doubt. Because that has almost happened to me several times. Several. And it sucks, I gotta tell you. Just don't give people, like, pop brownies. Don't give people drugs if they don't, or if they aren't asking for it. Consent, baby. Yeah. Not a cool thing to do. No, fuck that. Yeah, Mila does slip some Molly into her drink, into Natalie's drink. Also, Bucky's at the bar, baby. <laughs> Bucky bar. I didn't know he was in this movie either, so that was just kind of fun I did. and wild that we just saw his other movie. Yeah, they're just out dancing, having a great time. Natalie comes to, like, kissing someone in the bathroom. We have all been there. Scary. Yeah, it's um, terrifying. Then she's upset, obviously, and goes in a cab ride to home yep. where Mila's in the cab with her and... Bleep. <laughs> and bleep. <laughs> Bleeps her bleep. Uh, put your kids to bed now, folks. This is where it gets filthy. Uh, she, I'm not going to say it. She, okay. Na- he grabs Neil her. Kunis fingers Natalie Portman. It's over the clothes. I don't know if you could call that fingers. Oh, I thought, over- she, I thought she slid in. Did she? Mm, okay. Up for debate on what, uh, on the on. Uh, penetration levels. <laughs> it's on Pornhub if you want to search. <laughs> It doesn't even freaking say it on the the plot summary I'm reading. My impression was she just grabbed and touched over it the It was over the hand a bit. Mm-hmm. or over the clothes. But who's to say? Either way, Natalie puts a stop to it. She, mm-hmm. or she's like into it for a second and then puts a stop to it. They get to Natalie's house and mom is going unhinged, right? She's yeah. going crazy. Where have you been? Are you drunk? This had a really upsetting line for me that I don't know why it upsets me so much. I'm sure I could do some trauma digging with it but like the mom is like you smell like alcohol and she's like yeah and then there were two guys and i fucked them both yeah to her mom and that stuck with me i remember that from the first and second and now third time i've seen it as uh i don't like that i don't like that no it's gross and weird and i've seen that in a couple things before i feel like Mm -hmm. specifically women young women getting angry at their moms and talking about how they fucked guys. I don't understand it. I don't like ye. I don't like ye either. Um, I've never told my mom when I've had sex. <laughs> yeah, do not tell your... Sex and parents don't mix at all. No, weird and gross. Um, yep. Don't like... I don't. Is that something people talk about with their parents? Oh, abs- no. yes. Yes? Freakos do that, yes. Only freakos. And guess what? Ain't no freakos listen to this pod. <laughs> there are people out there who are like, you know... My mom's my best friend. You can be best friends with someone without telling them what you do sexually. No, you you, ha- you have to. I have never <laughs> told you that I've had sex. No. <laughs> I guess not, huh? I guess that's only been on my end. 
right. <laughs> you haven't, I guess. But I've also right. never had sex, so that's okay. <laughs> okay, yeah, there it is. JK, anyway, we can move on from that. It's yeah. weird. Um, <laughs> yep, we'll move on. I don't need to know. They go in the bedroom. She locks the door with a stick. <laughs> That she found in the garbage. Plastic stick lock. But like the mom is still able to open the door a few inches even with the stick. So I don't understand how she feels like that's still privacy because it's her mom could just stand there and watch her through the hole. <laughs> even better. <laughs> ah! That's um, how freaky this movie is. Natalie and Mila do have like a little sex scene here. Mm-hmm. Lesbian sex scene. Okay, go off, sis. We were just talking about how there's never a lesbian sex scene. So it was kind of cool to see, even though there's a lot going on here. Yeah, hallucination-wise. Well, and possibly otherwise, because there are some fan theories here. So base level, Mila's face changes into Natalie's face while they are fucking, basically. While she's going down on Natalie, uh-huh. yeah. Um, So there is that level of hallucination, like what's happening there. But there is also here a fan theory that Nina, a.k.a. Natalie Portman character, um, may have been sexually abused by her mother and that it might have been her mom in reality. Oh, my God. So I thought it was just going to be that. My theory was just it was just all kind of like a hallucination. That could um, also be true. This is just a fan theory, so there's no confirmation. But yeah. there's some there's some things okay. to it. So uh, when Mila is in her bedroom, um, she's seen like you know leaning on Natalie, like touching her shoulders. But when her mom comes through the door crack mm-hmm. <laughs> and Natalie screams to leave her alone, Mila is no longer visible in the shot. It's later revealed, obviously, that Mila's character never actually slept over at yeah. her house. Yeah. But during the oral sex, she is calling Nina sweet girl the same way that oh. her mom does. Yeah. And then seeing her face turn into her own face is maybe like a mom thing there. And when her mom's in her bedroom... She always says, like, are you ready? With, like, a little smirk on, kind of yeah, suspiciously. <laughs> oh, it would totally make sense if there was just another layer of abuse there. Yeah. So I think there's definitely, like, that theory holds some water. Uh, yeah. And it's an interesting thing to toss around. Yeah. That it could have been her mom the whole time. Fuck. Yeah. So in the morning, <laughs> she finally comes, though. Um, and in yeah. the morning, you know, after she's came, that was letting loose the demon. And now it's a spiral down from here. So mm-hmm. when she gets to practice, she's late. And she asked Mila why she didn't wake her up in the morning, uh, thinking that she has sabotaged her. Mm-hmm. But Mila says she never spent the night unless her name is whatever Ben and she has a dick or something. <laughs> whatever she says. <laughs> but when she shows up to practice, Mila is in her black swan uniform doing the dances and ends up being chosen to be her alternate. And so Natalie's always been kind of suspicious of her. And this is just adding to that chaos for sure when they do the first stage rehearsal she has to fall back on the mattress from the top of the mountain 
<laughs> a platform. A platform. And uh, I was for sure that she was going to be sabotaged by that mattress not being there one time. But it never happened. No. But I was for sure that was going to happen. <laughs> Same. Yeah, I had seen this movie twice before, and I thought, I was like, oh boy, that mat- something happens on that mattress, I remember. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. And nothing does, really. But nothing does. So they didn't take the easy route, I guess, <laughs> in that aspect. After this, we also are starting to see that her mirror self has separated from her actual self and should be also noted there's a mirror or a reflective surface in almost every shot of the film for the whole movie the only time when there's not i think is when she's on stage during the black swan performance when her dark side has fully taken over wild to shoot a whole movie where there's a mirror in every scene i love that shit that rules. Yeah, it's crazy. So she goes to visit Winona in the hospital again to give yeah. her back all the stuff that she stole. We kind of mentioned this scene earlier. Yeah. So she does say like, oh, I wanted to be perfect like you. And that's when Winona says, I'm not perfect. I'm nothing. And yep. stabbing occurs. What's happening in reality? We don't know. <laughs> no. Either Winona is stabbing her own face. Yeah. Or Natalie is stabbing Winona's face with this nail file or question mark at this point it really is just like we don't know what reality is exactly because we're seeing the world through natalie's eyes and she is unhinged yeah yeah all the hinges are gone now (laughs) fully unhinged but when she gets back in the elevator she's holding the nail file and her hand is bloody yeah and that is never explored again (laughs) nope We never hear like... Never comes back in. Oh my God, we dedicate this performance to our former star who was found face-stabbed. No, no one cares. Which... Moving on. You can look into as a bleak aspect of the throwaway culture of ballet. No one even thought about her if she died or talked about her. She's not on the stage. She doesn't exist. Yeah. Damn, yeah. So after that, she goes home. She's fully unhinged now. She sees a dead old lady in the kitchen. We've all been there. And then all the paintings from her mom's room start talking to her, calling her sweet girl, Mm -hmm. which I already mentioned. Her eyes go blood red. She pulls a feather out of her back. The feathers growing out of her back thing and the scene here in a little bit where she starts turning into a swan Mm -hmm. are uh, influences from the fly. Which is cool because we just did a uh, Cronenberg film yeah. for our last movie. Yeah. Yeah. In The Fly, a man starts, Jeff Goldblum, I think. Yes. Starts turning into a fly. The Fly is a must-see, folks. The Fly is so fucking good. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Oh, and then her mom tries to come in the room and she smashes her mom's fingers. So yet again, finger horror. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I guess that is finger horror. Also closed my damn eyes. Um, her legs go backwards. She <laughs> morphs into a swan. She is just <laughs> contorting. Yeah. Her... Yeah, it's insane. <laughs> Again, all the hinges are gone. Her mom calls the production and tells them that she's sick and won't be doing the performance and tries to keep her at the house, but yeah. she leaves anyway. And when she gets there, it seems like Mila was fully ready to just be the swan. And Natalie Portman's toes are stuck together. So more toe horror. Yeah, that is. Yeah, yeah. Birds have, have web webbed feet. I said ducks. Swans have webbed feet. Well, ducks are basically <laughs> Some swans. people do too. 
I've known a few people with webbed toes. I have an uncle who has fully webbed toes. It is not as cool as I thought it was. I'll be frank. (laughs) I thought it was good. Like, I'm picturing, like, the webbing between duck's toes. Mm-hmm. And it is uh, not that. No, people toes don't web like that. Yeah, I'm not jealous. <laughs> so she goes to her dressing room to get ready. Yes. And is like fighting herself who turns into Mila. It's hard to know like what's actually real here, but she chokes herself out and possibly kills herself and then when she's dead she turns into mila which is also just like maps to the stars baby which we just watched oh yeah <laughs> pretty much exact same scene happening <laughs> yeah more or less it's pretty much in this context it's the final battle between the pure and the unpure of her mm-hmm. the vile so she killed the good girl now she's grown up now she's bad <laughs> now she's wearing sunglasses smoking cigarettes riding motorcycles being badass yeah. and she grows feathers out of her arms which we do end up getting the audience perspective on where she's normal but in her head she has full feathers coming out of her arms because she is fully bad boy now yeah this performance i will look can i see that ballet is like a beautiful dance absolutely do i still want ballet to be illegal yes 100 (laughs) percent. it should be illegal but this a lot dance, of dance is cool. Yeah, this was very cool to watch, though. This final dance mm-hmm. is the Black Swan. The music is great. It's this really gorgeous final scene. And the music from the whole movie is the Tchaikovsky's Swan Lake music mm-hmm. that's been deconstructed and reconstructed into horror movie music, basically. Yeah. Through the whole movie. The whole, just like, not just terror. when they're on stage. The whole movie is the Swan Lake music, which is crazy. Yeah, that's wild. And it also, like, throughout the movie really builds in intensity as well. So, like, at the beginning, it's really chill. And by the end, yeah. it's fully, full orchestra, like, fully insane. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's blare. The music is blaring. I'm rocking out on this final scene. <laughs> she kills it as the Black Swan. Yep. And when she comes back into her dressing room, there's blood coming out of the bathroom because she stabbed Mila earlier and she covers it up with a towel and then Mila knocks on the door and (gasps) it's fine. What? That's when we realize the whole thing was a delusion and she has stabbed her own self and has glass in her little tummy. Yeah. Natalie Portman, when shooting this, initially complained about the blood placement because she said it made her look like she was on her period instead of dying but darren era (laughs) Uh, incredible yeah made intentional placement of the blood to symbolize nina becoming a woman so as a result of that conversation when we haven't gotten to the very end of the movie yet but natalie portman doesn't believe that her character dies at the end of the movie She Mm -hmm. thinks that she had to kill the little girl inside of her in order to mature into a woman. So I don't know. Hmm. That's certainly a take. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So she goes back on the mountain, falls onto the mattress after doing this the most chef's kiss perfect performance. Mm -hmm. And the director comes over and is basically like, you killed it. And calls her his little princess, which is what he was calling Winona previously. And when it had been brought up in earlier conversation, mm-hmm. Natalie was like, oh, he would never call anyone else his little princess. That's just his name for Winona. But turns out she's now the yeah. little princess. <laughs> she's good, though. 
So potentially her trajectory is going to be just as Winona's was. So not good. Not looking good. Not looking good, no. (laughs) So she says she felt her dance and it was perfect. She finally achieves the perfection she was striving for. And everyone notices she's bleeding everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) The audience is cheering and that's roll creds, basically. Do you think she lives? Tough to say. I kind of hope she doesn't. <laughs> same. Absolutely same. I hope she dies right there. Not out of like anger, out of pity. Yeah. Look, just let her go. You do not want to keep going. Go to heaven already. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You've done enough. You can be out of here for a bit. <laughs> Your life is torture and pain. Like, please just be released from this Absolutely. corporeal form. Yeah. <laughs> I also did think about like, how much training and time and energy they put into this performance. Mm-hmm. And most shows do like many performances <laughs> over several months. Yeah. And opening night, she's just like, nah, peace out. <laughs> yeah. That was kind of epic. <laughs> you will not be remembered for doing one performance. <laughs> Destroy yourself for a single performance. You get um, rave reviews for a slew of performances. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh so my God. that was pretty iconic as well. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. That's hilarious. <laughs> and is that like her also taking control over the end of her career? I don't know. Taking control over her body and stuff yeah. too? Like even in her, let's say this is her most pure form of self-expression, right? This is her like passion. Even in this, yeah. she does not get to speak. She does not get to say a fucking word. She just yeah. dances. The more you look at this movie, the more fucking heartbreaking it is. And she never gets to realize who her own self is. No. Be appreciated for her own self or be able to live as her true, like, free self. And I think that's so sad. It really is. It's terribly tragic. It's all for nothing. Art. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, No more for me, thanks. Oh, I don't need any more art. <laughs> this did, by the end of it, I was like, this is an art film. Oh, I absolutely. Wasn't sure. Yeah. It is an art film, even though it has aspects of non-art films. I'd agree. What I really like about this, and I'm thinking about this now, the first time I saw this, I was mm-hmm. like, I think it was 16. And all I really got out of it, I liked it then, but all I really got out of it was I was like, ooh, there's good and bad. Like the dual, the du- quote unquote duality of man, mm-hmm. um, and I like that was the cool thing that I saw in it. I was like, it's it's a cool horny movie, and there's some meaning to it. But of course, when you're 16, you think you know philosophy, and you're really just like an idiot. <laughs> but like, it still appealed to me. Oh, there's, so there's... true. The tagline the... for being a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> you think you know philosophy, but you're really just stupid. That's totally it. I thought I was a Zen Buddhist for a while, all right? Oh, yeah. I didn't know shit. Incredible. But, like, it does have mass appeal, even as an art film. Like, it's an incredibly compelling story that you can grab onto. And even on its surface level, it's good. It's a good surface level movie. But if you're willing to, you know, take the time and unpack it, it's a fucking great movie. There was so much uncomfortable stuff in this movie, though. (laughs) Oh, yeah. There's so much, like, nasty pervert stuff, um, sexual harassment, and that kind of stuff. It's also never really clear what her view on the relationship with the director is, I feel like, too. Even though we know what it should be, 
does seem like sometimes she's kind of into it, which I didn't love. I don't know. When when he's teaching her dance and he just grabs her crotch and whatever. Yeah. You know I mean, what I'm talking about? When he steps in for the prince, she's kind of into it a little bit. What's that about? Stockholm Syndrome? Yeah, maybe. Uh, or just like, I mean, it's on some level she's telling herself she has to like this, right? Because yeah. this is what she's chosen to do with her life. It's just like she's uh, resigned to it. That's what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, ha ha ha, sure. And he's, you know, he still has that power over her. Yeah, yeah. How many okay. stars are you giving it? <laughs> I was trying to think about what stars am I going to give this. Yeah. All right. The performances, obviously uh-huh. all very good. We don't see exactly this kind of story very often. We don't see ballet movies very often. No, and I don't want to see any more either. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, because, of course, ballet is illegal and we would have to call the cops. Yep. Um <laughs> Um, calling the cops is a joke, by the way. We would never call the cops. Ever. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. It was uncomfortable to watch. Is that good or bad? I don't know. I felt like the fingernail stuff was kind of cheap. I don't love that. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably won't watch this movie again. Uh, Fair. And too horny for me. Too horny for kids and too <laughs> horny for adults. <laughs> I'm going to say two stars wow okay that's what do wild you think oh man go off like divisive I, yeah divisive uh this movie gets four and a half stars for me <laughs> i also have no like you have all this like nostalgia attached to this movie and i don't have yeah. any of that because i've just seen it for the first time sure sure so like i don't have 2010 eyes on this i have 2020 eyes on this yeah. you know what i mean totally. so that that might put some weight onto my score as well. Oh man, another divisive app. <laughs> uh, what are we? What movie are we doing next? Are we ever going to get back on track? Um. Yeah, we were on track last week. Oh yeah, we were. So we went off on, off on, or other way around. Okay, so we're on next week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and next week we have a guest, which we'll get to in a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now it's time for Screen Vomit. Colin, what have you been watching? Oh boy, I have been watching movies. (laughs) Sorry, I I had a list here somewhere. (laughs) Oh my god, okay. Last night, Lindsay and I watched After Hours from 1985 directed by Martin Scorsese great like totally I wouldn't this movie isn't out of character for for Scorsese but it is out of character for Martin Scorsese now in the sense that this movie is only 97 minutes (laughs) um so it's not like a normal three to four hour movie it's really just like a fun little romp it's just a guy trying to get home in New York City it's one of those like one crazy night kind of movies. Uh-huh. Um, Interesting. It's really outstanding. It's light, easy to watch. I like. I really do like Scorsese, but most of his movies are, like, heavy. They take a long time. There's a lot to unpack. Uh, this, there's a lot to unpack, but it's good. It just moves quick. Absolutely suggest watching After Hours. And then after that, Lindsay really wanted to watch Eon Flux. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> uh, with Charlie's 
Jody Theron in the like leather suit. Okay, yep. I'll never forget. It was <laughs> me thinking I'm straight going to see Aeon Flux at 17 <laughs> only because Charlie's Theron is in a leather suit. <laughs> or whatever it is. Spandex, it is, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, the whole movie, she changes her costume constantly. It's an insane movie. It's definitely worth mm-hmm. a watch. I don't remember a thing about it except for Charlize Theron's outfits. <laughs> Complete nonsense. Like a badly done clunky movie that doesn't make a lot of sense. But yeah. Charlize Theron looks hot as hell and changes oh, yeah. her costume every fucking scene. And it's mm-hmm. always something. Her pajamas in this movie are fucking nutter butters. I cannot, <laughs> fa- like, I cannot explain to you. It is somehow like beady and lacy barely cover anything love love to see it uh, truly and then uh, a couple nights ago i watched uh the brood which is cronenberg really from 1979 and this is more of like what i know about cronenberg the body horror um okay gross shit the movie is it's really good it's pretty slow at the start and kind of like can't really put together what's going on because it's kind of like two different stories until mm-hmm. they converge. But, like, once it finally hits, it's a damn bop. Um, oh, looking at pictures of this, I think I've seen this movie, but I don't really remember what happens, but this looks familiar to me. It would make sense if you've seen it. It's it's yeah. uh, considered, like, a horror classic, I think. So definitely watch that. The Brood is outstanding. What have you been watching? I have been... Look, I might get canceled from our listeners for sleeping on this show for so long, but yeah. I have been watching through Stranger Things for the first time. Our fans would cancel you for that? I feel like Stranger Things is one of those shows where, like, it was such a moment, you know what I mean? Huge. And, like, everybody watched it, and in the interim between now and when it was a moment, anytime it has come up and I've said, oh, I've not watched that yet, every person is like, what the fuck? Like, why haven't you watched this? <laughs> you know, like... It's... Yeah. They are um, like that. <laughs> and it maybe especially to me in particular, because it does seem like something that's so much my shit, I think. Just from being, like, spooky and having Winona Ryder and oh, the... Oh, uh, sure, sure, sure. Retro vibe. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, I never watched it, so I'm watching through it now. I am... About halfway through season three at the moment. Pros and cons. I would say overall, I enjoy the show. It's fun to watch. Okay. It's cool. It's done well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The kids, I cannot stop thinking about how good of actors these young, young people are. They're, They're so good. They really are. They're so good. Have you watched it, by the way? Oh, yeah. Uh, I watched... Yeah, I've watched all of it. So love everyone in it. And Winona, of course, has to be said. Um, So I do love those things about it. It's a cool sci-fi story, whatever. Mm -hmm. Those things are all cool. I do think that at times it plays into like toxic heteronormativity. Um, Men and women cannot be friends in the show without being in love, which is something I hate. Every female character who comes into the show becomes a love interest for a male character, and it is not the other way around the same. Like, no. every man is not a love interest for a woman. The woman, the women are all love interests for the men. Maybe with exception of Winona at the beginning. However, that does change, and she is becomes a part of that story as well. <laughs> so I think that kind of stuff is strange. There are, at least to the point where I am at, halfway through season three 
no queer characters whatsoever to be found uh and there is just season three seems to be playing a lot more into the nostalgic aspect um, of the show and less into the sci-fi stuff um it's also playing a lot more into the relationships aspect everyone's just concerned about dating I'm very Uh, mixed on the third season. And then once per episode, you'll get one scene of a sci-fi thing happening. Yeah. And the whole rest of the episode is who's in love, who's breaking up, what are the relationships going on kind of stuff. And I don't love that. Also, the cop has become kind of annoying in season three. Yeah. Um, I agree. ACAB, obviously, but I did like his character in the first two seasons. It's hard not to like him. He's just a charming... David Harbour is so pleasant to look at. Yeah, he just seems like, you know, nice, caring fella. Sure. And he's, you know, he's smart. He's got his wits about him. But, um, yeah, season three, he's becoming insufferable. And and the stuff about, like, oh, no boy's gonna date my daughter kind of stuff going on. Hate. I hate that stuff. So... Show's becoming toxic. <laughs> but uh, I do still find it interesting. I do like the vibe, and I do like the sci-fi stuff is cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, the story of it's cool. There's my review. <laughs> and, yeah. oh, and I watched, what else I watched? The Faculty. Oh, hell yeah. So me and friend of the show, Mary, uh, who was TBT on our episode with of uh, Swiss Army Man. Oh, hell um, yeah. I've started like a 90s horror movie club. <laughs> oh, baller. So uh, every couple weeks we get together online virtually and we've been watching a 90s horror movie. So that's who I watched Idle Hands with and Scream and like, uh, what else did we watch? Jawbreaker. So this week we watched The Faculty mm-hmm. and I had never actually seen The Faculty. Oh, really? Um, yeah, which seems crazy. Um, it does. <laughs> you've got Clea Duvall. You've got Elijah Wood. You've got John Stewart. Cool movie. There's only two things I didn't like about it. The rest of it was really fun romp. Two things I didn't like. Clea Duvall, notoriously one of the first out lesbians in cinema history. Uh-huh. They tease that she's a lesbian at the beginning, and then she doesn't actually get to be a lesbian. So I was sad about that. And secondly, just the very, very ending where everyone's in love and dating. I hate love, it turns out. <laughs> love pisses me off, and I don't want to see anybody having it, all right? Unless they're cool. Colin's allowed to. <laughs> it just pisses me off when it's corny and doesn't make sense. Do you know yeah. what I mean? No, I know If it makes mean. sense, it makes sense. But yeah. the way that that movie was and the way that Stranger Things is going, I don't know. It doesn't love make sense when it's too much. Love stinks. Yeah. Love stinks. I would say it's worth a watch. <laughs> That's what I've been watching. That's Hell it. Hell yeah. Thanks for listening to the episode. Um, yeah, you can find you. us on Instagram and everywhere online. We are online, baby. At Screen Vomit, one word on all the things. Give us a subscribe on your podcast app if you haven't already. And give us a rating and review while you're there. Um, you can send us an email at screenvomitpod at gmail.com or tweet us with your thoughts on this movie, other movies, ask us questions, suggest movies. You can check out Kali's other podcast, How to Fire Your Boss, is up now on all the things as well. If you like hearing him be a smart genius, bling, bling. Uh, go listen to that podcast. And next week we will be watching the movie Relaxer. 
which looks so Hell cool. Yeah. And we're going to have a special guest for that one. We got a damn guest, and it's going to be cool. So relaxer, watch that movie. Get now. watching. And we'll see you then. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.